Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose, you know it's Taz and Moose, hey. All right, Taz of the Moose with you here on this Friday morning on CBS Sports Radio. As we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button, get mortgage. Mike, Pete, thank you across the way. Job well done. Bogus is double duty. Sitting in for Taz, who's off here on this Thursday morning. Also, has got your updates as we go right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time. What do you need to know here on this Thursday? Here you go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. A whole lot of load management. Why? Well, Pass. <laughs> I mean, we said this in a break. Like, this was an approved, uh, an agreed upon term for this situation. A... We're all adults. We're also all yeah, children. Yeah. Everyone snickers at the term load management. There was not one person, whether on the team side or the league side, that like put their hands up in a meeting was like, guys, let's all say this to ourselves one more time. Are we sure we, we want to go with load management well, for this scenario? Well, the problem was Zach had a hard time saying Kawhi, so we just went with the load management. No, rate. and that's fine, And that, but like the fact that the NBA, like this is the official league term well, of the mean, situation. How did someone up with the kibosh on this? Well, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, it sounds like an adult movie. Right. It sounds like. I mean, that's... And I'm sure it is by now because, because if it wasn't to begin with, someone has pounced on the NBA using this term. Well, there's no doubt about it. I'm sure it's... They're probably already on load management three or I'm four, sh- the way that I'm industry sure works. it's been filmed and documented. Yes, correct. I'm, I'm with you. Yes. Load management XL. Yes. That's it. <laughs> anyway, uh, it comes into the story. It comes into the topic of discussion here on this Thursday for what transpired on Wednesday night. And if you're uh, not up late on the East Coast or if you're watching last night on the West Coast, it surrounds Kawhi Leonard and his unavailability uh, for a second consecutive national televised game, second straight week that this has transpired. Uh, Kawhi not available last night. Clippers, Bucks, Bucks win the game. Giannis scores 38 points in 36 minutes. He was absolutely spectacular for Milwaukee. Milwaukee wins the game. The Clippers are 0-2 without Kawhi Leonard on the court. He does not play in the game because of a... I guess ongoing, they didn't really say it's knee soreness, but they blamed the knee, and then they talked about load management. They also said the fact that they are in compliance. The NBA said the Clippers were in compliance with Kawhi having the night off last night. And Andrew and I got into a healthy debate and conversation to kick off the program this morning where, to kind of summarize it here, 
Uh, are you concerned about it? Does it bother you? Uh, and there's a lot of ways to look at it. You can look at it big picture, bogus, and say it shouldn't bother you because the Clippers are trying to win a championship. So uh, a game in November, if Kawhi has to miss it against the Milwaukee Bucks, so be it. But I can also look at you know the television ratings, the contracts, the TV, the money the players being made. Michael talking about I pay players to play 82 games in the regular season. And Joe and Jane Q. Public, who show up to watch the game last night expecting Kawhi Leonard to play, and he's sitting there in street clothes cutting out a nice suit. So, I mean, there's a number of ways to look at it and, and to analyze it. You know, I've got a little bit more of a bigger concern. Don't want to put words in your mouth, Bogus, but I'm a little bit more concerned, obviously, on this Thursday than you are. Sure, and and you can be disappointed. I mean, I was disappointed that Kawhi and, and Giannis were not going to go head-to-head last night. But, like, I, but then I move on from it, and I don't hold it against anybody because I think the Clippers should be allowed to protect and to use and to manage Kawhi Leonard as much as they want. Just like if the Bucs had chosen not to play Giannis last night for whatever reason, I wouldn't have crushed them this morning. Um, I think, yes, at some point there could become a, a real issue for this if there's too many games missed for too many flimsy reasons. But I think we are still far away from that threshold. We're also, it's November 7th. We're two weeks into this season. We've had, you know, re- kind of back-to-back Kawhi days off and looking at their schedule for the next couple of weeks. There's probably at least one more coming before we even get to Thanksgiving. But I still want to see how the entire year goes and what the end number is for him in the regular season and just how pervasive this is around the NBA. But I still think when we get to the end of the season, I'm going to be on the team side you know, to the chagrin of fans and to TV execs that they should be allowed to play their guys when they want to play them. Here is uh, Doc Rivers, uh, Pete, after the game, uh, talking about Kawhi's workload and uh, missing out last night in a loss. We don't have a plan right now. You know, obviously, um, he hasn't played in a lot of back-to-backs. That doesn't mean he will not. Uh, But, you know, right now, early on, uh, we're going to keep to the same plan that we've kept it so far. Feels great, but he feels great because of what we've been doing, you know, and we're just going to continue to do it. Uh, there's no concern here, uh, but we want to make sure, you know, I think Kawhi made the statement he's never felt better. It's our job to make sure he stays that way, you know, and, and that's important. Uh, but he played a lot of minutes in the playoffs last year. Uh, and you know, so it's not uh, a health thing. Really, it is in some ways. We want him to just keep feeling better, you know, and getting better. Oh, my. I mean, he's 28, 29 years old. That doesn't he mean played... he's impervious to fatigue, though. What, like, we're talking about fatigue from last June? I mean, Moose, we've had this conversation before, but other in the NBA and other sports, I mean, there's it, it takes a toll on your body to go all the way through to the end. Of course it does. Wait, hold on a second. I mean, we're not talking about 37-year-old men. In five months, you can't recover from from playing in the NBA Finals? Well, he's, play fi- in the- he's five months now, but he's been on the court, back in the court for... A whole month, at least, if not more. No, I get it. When I, training I, camp started. I don't know. I, yeah, and, and here's the other thing with Doc. The idea that they don't have a plan. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Hey, listen, and you know what? Come on now. I mean, we're not morons here. No, but, not, but maybe, no, you know, maybe this is a, in a, this particular instance, like this is Kawhi still driving the bus. And maybe Doc doesn't know what he's going to do. And maybe, you know, the, the situation they're in is it's kind of Kawhi, you know, doesn't just straight dictate what's going on. But maybe this does come from him more than it comes from the team. So maybe Doc's not wrong, and maybe Doc's a little frustrated that 
well, he doesn't me, necessarily know when he's going to have Kawhi. Why? Well, I, I, but don't you think this is something that's been talked about, discussed, yeah, I would think analyzed? So. Don't you think well, that and, and once they, Kawhi this, Leonard comes into the fall, looking at how many games he played last year for the Toronto Raptors, I, I would think that's something that's analyzed left and right about yeah. how many games we're going to have him during the regular season. Now, it might not be a, a complete layout bogus to play to your point in terms of he's available for this game, not available for that game. But I, I would imagine they have a general ballpark idea and, and a, a some sort of a you know a, a plan in place about what they want to do with Kawhi in the regular season. They're not going yeah. week to week here. No, I, no, that that probably is a disingenuous statement that there's no plan. There has to be some kind of plan, even if it's as simple as he wants to play 70 regular season games, and then they have to figure out where those 12 sit outs are going to come from. Right. Um, but you know the, the other part of it is and and. Mike maybe can correct me since he tracks the league more. But, I mean, five mornings a week, I'm going through NBA box scores to put nuggets in these updates so I would notice if guys are sitting out. I've already mentioned Westbrook getting a day off to start this week. I can't think of anybody else just randomly sitting out. You know, Embiid's been hurt. He missed a couple of games for the Sixers. All the Warriors guys are legitimately injured. Clay long-term, Curry long-term, Draymond didn't play last night, isn't playing on this road trip at all. So those are real injuries. I don't know that anybody else has gotten a straight day off. And I'm looking from quotes now from an ESPN analyst saying, I don't know what I'm going to watch every night when I sit down. I've never felt that way before. It's not that bad. Like, don't go too far in the other direction. I can't remember a game this year where we've had like skeleton crews running the full 48. Kawhi's sat out two games, Westbrook the one, and other guys have been injured. So I like the idea that now every game's a wild card, that's not the truth either. No. No, that's fair. I mean, I, uh, you know, I I and I think this has become uh, you know, you think it becomes more and more of a greater issue as it comes uh, well if, from my perspective, I think it becomes a bigger issue as we go along here. When you're looking at games 40 to 80. Yeah, 40 and, to 82. It's and going I still to become think, a greater issue. Right, but I but I also think, and I could be proven wrong, but I think as this, this year progresses, Kawhi is going to be in a class of his own. Whether it's right or wrong, I think Kawhi is going to have a different setup than anybody else. Like, I, no one, whether it's, again, vowed or not, whether he's still not somehow healthy, He's, his situation is going to be different from, I think, the league norm. I think for the most part, guys are going to play as close to a full schedule as possible. There's going to be a couple of random days off. LeBron's going to take one at some point. I'm sure Anthony Davis will as well. We can pick and choose some other guys. But I, you know, and Westbrook will do it again soon. But I, I just, I don't think that we're going to be at like epidemic status where we're freaking out nightly about somebody not playing in a game. Number two. Number two. Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim rips ACC for stupid money grab after loss to Virginia. Yeah, they lose by 14, 48 to 34. Virginia makes games boring. Defensive brand style of basketball. You're defending NCAA champs for Tony Bennett, who's a wonderful college coach. We know that. And I think you could basically, if you take the four of us in a room and morash outside, I think Tony Bennett could win a basketball game. I, I really do. <laughs> I, I, I really do. He's. He'll make the game as ugly. We might win the game 8-2, but we'll find a way to win the game. I don't know. Uh, We're really small. I understand that we're really small. But Tony Bennett is, he's going to make the game ugly. He's going to draw it out. He's going to make it ugly. You're going to defend. You're going to understand how to defend the back screen. You're going to defend all these things. So um, he's going to make it ugly for you. But 
Syracuse complaining afterward, Beheim, that it's a money grab. They're taking on the likes of Virginia conference game. We know the impact of conference games, especially when it comes down to selection Sunday. What is your conference record, RPI, strength, the schedule? All those things do factor in here, Andrew. Uh, he's a little bit bothered by it. His team, I wouldn't say they looked ill-prepared. Uh, I would say they left you wanting offensively, no doubt. 34 points in 40 minutes of action. And they looked like the opponent was too big of a, too big of a, too good of an opponent this early in the year. Yeah. They have not found their rhythm yet as a team. And I think that's what Beheim's complaining about is not just the fact that it's a conference game, but who was up against because Virginia can make great offenses look foolish. And Syracuse is not a great offense. No, and I'm with Coach in general. They're, they're, you should not open with a conference game. It just it makes no sense. It's just not how things are done. But I keep going back now to this. The money grab line. Isn't he one of the people grabbing money in this? Like well, money, of course, yeah. money to yeah. the ACC network no goes doubt. back to ACC schools. But that's the beauty pays. of the complaint. Right. I, I complain while you pay me. It's amazing. Good for him. Yes. As he should we all his be courts. that lucky? Yeah, I, seriously. Right. Shouldn't we all, like, someone hands you money and you just complain about it? But you take the money and you invest the money and put it in your back pocket, but you complain nonetheless. Yeah. It's a nice nice little little circle he's got going on there. It is. Very nice. Well done. Number three. Baker Mayfield addresses his Sunday game day shaving. Uh, here is Mayfield yesterday on uh, why he shaved multiple times. The quarterbacks had a Movember um, mustache, and the original thought for me to do the handlebars, I was undefeated before Sunday with the handlebar mustache, so I shaved it off because I didn't deserve it. There you go. So He didn't deserve a mustache. He did not. No, he did not deserve the handlebar mustache. Right, right. That's why he went with the Casey Affleck look. Afterwards, that's a good, that's a good reference by you. Yes, that would have stumped Taz, but I know exactly where you're going yeah. with that. <laughs> um, so he uh, and the the attire he was wearing too. He looked very kind of non Baker Mayfield esque. Like he looked. After- he almost unhappy. looked like a guy that was about to enter the witness protection program. Right. He he looked like... Like you walk up, are you Baker Mayfield? <laughs> no, that's not me. Wait a second. You kind of look like him, but you don't. People were saying he looked like uh, the wet bandits from Home Alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Macaulay Culkin <laughs> tweeted back at him. Yeah, that's a good line. I mean, <laughs> he looked like... Um, a sad quarterback. He yes, looks he like did. Mitchell Trubisky apparently feels like he looks like people were talking Shut smack about TVs. him. And he's just up there bent over. You know, his shoulders are humped forward. His terrible posture is just, he looked hard. I almost felt bad for him. I agree. Almost. With you. Almost. Not I quite. Stopped. You're still rooting against him each and every week. No, I, I no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but they, but, but they're close. You asked me about my home, right? Uh-oh. They didn't go wrong. So uh, one thing that has gone wrong. In the last two hours? No, well, it went wrong last night when I was at the, the kids uh, decided to break the light switch in their bathroom. Okay. With they, a bat? No. A small hand grenade? What were no, they using No, just constantly pounding on the switcher. <laughs> so now the switcher, we had like a, you know how you have a fan in the bathroom and it goes outside? So Yeah. The fan was You're locked fancy. in. The fan was locked in an on position, and then my wife had to ham like they basically pound the side of the wall to get the fan off. So I got to head over to Home Depot today, go get myself a new switch, make sure I shut off the electricity so I don't electrocute myself. So I'm back here tomorrow morning to do our show. 
Uh, but yes, that's the next thing that I got to do tomorrow morning. You know, I'm impressed today, today. I got to fix that. I'm impressed that you can fix that by yourself. I don't know that I would handle electricity at all. YouTube's great. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not going to tell you that. I'm not. I watch about three or four YouTube videos to make sure that everything's good, that I don't electrocute myself, that I know what I'm doing, and then I hope for the best. Yeah, but then, then, you, then you throw in my laziness, and that would stay broken for a while, too. Like, I've well, little... I've seen you. You take days off before your big barbecues because you've got a lot of fixing to do with the house, I, painting, I fixing did. doors. You know what? I did. I took a load management day. You did. on uh, Back in May to get up because the weather was crappy all week, and I was like, my backyard hadn't been unpacked yet from the spring. I was about to have from the winter, and I was about to have like 80 people at my house for my daughter's birthday. Which, on a side note, I think we've now given up on. She now wants just like a girls' like salon trip. So oh, I good think for the her. headache that is this Everyone monstrous needs a nice party salon day. needs to be, is is out, is out of my life. But I did. I had a um, I had a like a floating comp day from those great draft capsules that we put hours and hours and hours nice. into. That was the trade-off, and I used my day on that. Amy and I did a great job with that show this year. I forgot you that tremendous- you hosted that show. Yes, I did host that show wow. myself and Amy Lawrence. Yeah, we took you through the first round of the NFL draft. This is, and I, I have recently, and it's my yearly tradition, to think around November, like, I should really start getting a head start on highlights for the draft capsules. Because that's the hardest thing, especially for defensive players. It's really hard tracking down picks and sacks because our newsroom doesn't usually cut those things. But now I could do it now and pace myself instead of having to pester schools to send me headlights. Josh Allen, outside linebacker, Kentucky. Stockstall. Yeah. The whole thing. You, they were great. I love those You try finding the Josh Allen highlights. Yes! And there it There's is! Bogan. There's a new career Give me the breakdown of the player, Bogan. His name is Josh Allen. 31 career sacks, over yeah. 200 total yeah. tackles, and 11 forced fumbles in Allen's historic career at Kentucky. Nobody gets off the line quicker, and then Allen makes sure he gets to the QB. When not crushing quarterbacks, Allen can chase down most running backs and cover most tight ends. Yeah! There you go. What a breakdown yeah. there. It's a hell of a 30-second snippet. I wrote that, recorded it. Well done. Got the, I went to Tom Leach's house to get the highlight from the UK Sports Network. <laughs> Who knew we had a travel budget, <laughs> but a, we did. That is above and beyond. We're gonna Rock Yassin, cornerback, <laughs> Temple. Now, to really pull the curtain <laughs> Indianapolis back. Indianapolis Colts. Now, I come from Fordham, which is, again, you know, that's FBS or FCS football. It's Atlantic 10 basketball. The only professional radio we have there is the student broadcast. There are no adults doing games, WFUV. Now, then there's Temple, Division I football, big-time basketball. Try to find a Rock Yassin highlight because there's no Temple radio network. You should have called up our buddy Zach Gell. That's who ended up helping me because he would have have voiced one right in the studio for you. All the normal channels didn't exist. Picked off Rock Yassin! The Temple infrastructure wasn't there yet. That's for Bruce Arians. This is for the Klecos. This is for Pepe Sanchez. Bruce Arians. Where's John John Chaney? The Philly fanatic. Lady Liberty. <laughs> We've done it. We did it, Rocky. For the crack of the Liberty Bell. We beat the Penn State University. For Gino Stakes. This is for Bruce Arians. <laughs> this is for Steve Joachim. Who? <laughs> Who, me? For Robbie Anderson <laughs> of the Jets. No, not when he's getting arrested. No, when he's catching touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Come back. We'll talk Robbie to David. <laughs> I'll talk to Dave McGinnis. We'll do that next. Titans radio analyst. It's Taz and the Moose. Bogus is in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio is toll for live, brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Dave McGinnis is going to join Andrew and myself here momentarily, but uh, Andrew's going to update us this morning. What's going on, Bogus? Moose, Doc Rivers went into last night's game with the Bucks defending Kawhi Leonard's day off. After losing 129-124, Doc was talking about a failed challenge in the fourth quarter. Lou Williams drove. Eric Bledsoe threw his head back to suggest contact, and Williams was called for an offensive foul. Rivers asked the refs to take a second look. They did for a while. And the call stood. You have to overturn that. Unless Bledsoe fouled Lou with uh, his face, there was no foul on that play. There was a flop. Uh, as for the game, Giannis took advantage of no Kawhi. 38 points, 16 rebounds, 9 assists. Williams and Montrez Harrell scored 34 in the loss for the Clips. Ben Simmons suffered an apparently minor right shoulder sprain in last night's 106-104 loss in Utah. Simmons reevaluated today. The Rockets took care of the shorthanded Warriors, 129-112 in Houston. The Mavs held off the Magic, 107-106. And the Raptors outscored the Kings, 124-120. Number 9, North Carolina Road freshman Cole Anthony passed Notre Dame, 76-65. Anthony, 34 points, 11 rebounds, and 5 assists in his debut. Number 11, Virginia, thumped Syracuse, 48-34. And number 18, Ohio State, beat Cincinnati, 64-56. Nick Saban says there's, quote, a good chance that... Tua Tagovailoa. ...plays in two days against LSU. Tua making good progress on his right high ankle sprain. And we briefly mentioned this yesterday. Rutgers wants Greg Schiano to again be their football coach. They reportedly spent hours together Tuesday in Columbus, Ohio... Shiano has all the leverage, so he's apparently asking for a lot, including a brand-new indoor practice facility. Moose, back to you. Uh, yes, he is. I mean, he's asking for a lot. We'll see if Rutgers will, will give it to him and try and uh, get him back in the fold to lead that program. Let's welcome aboard right now Dave McGinnis, uh, former NFL head coach, NFL analyst, Titans Radio Network color analyst. Hey, Coach, Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish with you. Thanks for a couple minutes this morning. Guys, sure. Good morning. Good morning to you, and, uh, you know, it's been a, certainly, a Coach, I mean, it, it's been an interesting year up until this point for, for the Tennessee Titans with the quarterback change and all. Yeah, well, I mean, and you, you guys know this. You've been doing this a long time, just like I have. You know, at, at, at the end of the day, it's a production business, and, and, and you know, during that, the course of that uh, up to and then during the course of that Denver game, you know, when – Mike Vrabel made the change, you know, at the quarterback position. You know, he just was not getting the the, the production, you know, you know, from Marcus that 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 he wanted. That and you know, not only he wanted, I think that that Marcus also, you know, would admit that 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 his his production level was not as as to where he wanted it to be either. And it was the correct decision to make at the time. And and there's always tough when you make. Uh, roster changes and you make position changes in the national football league but especially at the quarterback position and especially you know with the quarterback that is you know that has been your guy for for four plus years but it was the correct decision to make to make at the time and then you know that's uh essentially why you know ryan Tannehill uh you know was, was signed in the offseason not necessarily expecting a change but in the in the event that there was one then you had a guy that had 88 uh, career starts under his belt, and, and you felt like could come in and, and, and do the job for you. And, and again, it, it's been the the change was made. I think that it was proper at the time, and so uh, you know you just you just move forward once you make those decisions. 
No question about it. Coach, I, you know, I'm curious about Mariota, though, what, you know, and he's flashed. Why don't, why don't you think we've seen the consistency and obviously have seen a regression here in Mariota in 2019? Well, I think, you know, you know, there's, there's, you know, clearly the, the reasons that have been put out there and, 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 and most of them are very legitimate. You know, first of all, you know, the injuries, the injury issue, you know, you know, with Marcus has been something that, uh, you know, since 2016, especially that has kept him from reaching, I think, what he wanted to do. And then also, you know, he's had a period of, of, of offensive coordinators here. But, uh, you know, I think on top of it, uh, I think the, the first thing to, to go with would be the, the, the number of injuries that he has suffered that have, that have really, you know, kept him from continuing to develop, you know, ever since, uh, ever since Jacksonville, you know, a couple of years ago when he, when he suffered the broken leg. You know, and was really having a, a, a really nice year. Then, then there's been, and then last year, you know, the the issues you know, with with the with the neck, and then then the arm and the nerve issues. I think all of it just compounded. And so, uh, you know, you, there's always there's always reasons, you know, for for things that happen in the National Football League, but especially at the quarterback position. Uh, you know, it, it, it's such an important position. But with Marcus, I think, you know, the, the, the changing coordinators, the changing schemes, and plus I think the injuries have been some of the biggest issues for Marcus. Dave, if he gets healthy, if he finds, uh, you know, maybe a more stable situation somewhere else, is there still a good NFL quarterback in there? Well, absolutely. I mean, this is a stable situation here. I think it was just, you know, at the point in time as to when it happened. Absolutely. Marcus is a, you know, first of all, I mean, he's exactly the type of person that you would want as a quarterback. I mean, there is no, there's no better. He's, he's a, he's a true professional in every sense of the word. And, uh, and absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I think that he can, he's a, he's a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And as I said, this is a stable situation here. It was just at the time, you know, things weren't working. And so the change was made. Um, you know, Coach, with the matchup this weekend for Tennessee, as you get to set to take on um, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, at home, and, t- and, can- and then the reports coming out of KC is that Mahomes was a full participant at practice. You know, do you think Vrabel and his coaching staff are going into this one at this stage of the week and, and believing that Mahomes is going to be there under center for Kansas City on Sunday? Yeah, guys, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I coached for 31 years in the National Football League, and going into it, you know, especially you know with, with with the injury report, you always prepare as if you know their their starter at any position or their best player at any position that is coming back from injury. If there's a chance, and especially if they start practicing on Wednesday, you always go into it prepared to play that player. And so I think I think everybody is is, is going into it prepared, you know, for 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 Patrick Mahomes to come back and play this play this football game. You know, Moore has done a great job. You know, since uh, you know, since since Mahomes has been hurt, but uh, yes, I think you go into all of these things always in the National Football League preparing to play against their best. But from like a, a, a schedule point of view, a logistics point of view, how would you break down the prep time on the practice field in meetings between Mahomes and then Matt Moore, just in case it is more on Sunday? Well, I don't know. I mean, Andy. I mean, the reports that you see out of there, Andy Reid said that you know that they were they were going to uh, you know progress him as far as 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 far as to how much he could take and where he was in his in, in his recovery. And then you know the early reports were that they uh, that he got more work than they anticipated because clearly he's further along than they thought. So I mean, I'm not there, so I really don't know. But I do I do know this that uh, you know he's a he's a very very dangerous quarterback. He's a special talent. In the National Football League, and as I said, Andy's offense has been running very well. 
you know, without him. But with him, he just adds that other element for the off-schedule stuff, and it brings the special talents that he does to it. So I, I think he's been he's been getting a pretty good majority of the work, and uh, you know, we'll see when Sunday comes. But as I said, as a 31-year coach in the National Football League, and you know, as a, as a as a defensive coach in the National Football League, I always prepared you know to play their best. You know, if somebody had a chance to come back. What does Tannehill present here at the quarterback's position, coach? Well, I mean, he's you know he's a uh, he's a veteran quarterback that's got uh, you know as I said he had 88 starts you know under his belt you know when he was signed here from Miami. I mean, he, he's a guy that that understands you know what he's looking at gets gets rid of the ball quick. You know, is 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 a very good athlete can still make plays with his legs. Can, you know, and he's he's able he he will stand he will he will stand in there and you know one of the biggest things for 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 any quarterback once they come into the National Football League, the first thing is able to be stand in the cylinder back there and discern what you're seeing and be able to to throw your receivers open and be able to trust your receivers and trust your arm and you know, because very seldom are, are receivers ever going to be, you know, completely wide open before the ball's delivered in the National Football League just because of the way coverages are. And so he's you know, he's a veteran that that, that that possesses all of those types of things and and I think that was, you know, part of the of the reason to everybody really you know, you you'd like to be able to have, you know, very capable backups across the board, you know, w- with your active roster. But when you have a a, a, a quarterback you know that that your backup quarterback that has got that many starts under his belt. It's a good feeling for you, Coach. Moving away from the Titans for just a second here. I don't I don't know if you saw or heard what Mitchell Trubisky said yesterday, but you know, pointing out that he's hearing all of the negative talk from outsiders. Would it Would it spook you as his head coach to have him admit that he's hearing all that stuff? Yeah, I didn't see that. You know, I've got uh, you know a pretty good history there with the Bears. Yeah, the first ten years of my career were there with the Bears, and and, and regardless of you know of, of which team it is, you know, in the National Football League. I mean, it look it, it's it's a very very visible and, and uh, you know uh, sport. Uh, you know, and, and the scrutiny is always going to be there. You know that. You know that when you're coaching. You know that when you're a head coach. You know that when you're a player, and especially if you're a quarterback. And so you've got to be able to to move all of that out. I mean, I've always you know, likened it to elevator music. I mean, you hear it when you get in the elevator, punch a button, the elevator goes up, it's on all the time. When you when the door opens, it, it shuts and it goes off. It, the music's always going to be there, but it has nothing to do with the operation of the <laughs> elevator. It's just elevator music. Don't pay much attention to it. Uh, you know, Coach, I'm, I'm curious because, you know, I, I'm you know it, you've seen it, you, you know, you're, you're locked into the football each and every week. You know, the criticism of the officiating, you know, the challenges of pass interference, how kind of the, that is do, the amount of flags we've seen in these games, in some of these games. Um, you know, do you think that's, do you think that that's as big of a problem as many people make it out to be? Well, guys, I think it. I think it's a problem. Anytime you have you you have a, a, enough flags being thrown that it that it chops the game up, you know. And, and and you know, just from a from a viewer's point of it, you know, just just chopping the flow of the game up, I think is something that you know that that nobody wants to see. And you ask specifically about the pass interference. You know, of course, the 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 reaction to the to the play that wasn't called. You know, uh, in, in the in the New Orleans Rams games back in the in the NFC Championship game, you know the reaction to that, and then you know once you once you once you implement that that rule and allow it to be challenged, but now when it's challenged, you know the the, the reversal rate is very very small on that, and so you're really looking at yourself and, and wondering, you know, well, why was that even you know why was that even implemented if if 
you could challenge it, and it looks like that really when it goes to review and it goes back to New York, that they're always going to go with the with what's called on the field. I think I think just what anybody wants out of officiating, and believe me, I've, I've been in this league for 34 years. I know how tough a job officiating is in the National Football League. But I think just the the consistency of officiating and consistency of calls. You know whether it's for or against your team, that really doesn't matter. What you really want, you know, across the board, is the consistency of calls, and I think that's what everybody wants. Coach, what's the fix? Is it full-time officials? Is it simplified rules? What do you think could get us away from from all this drama and all these problems? Well, I mean, I you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think the full-time officials is something that because I mean, still, you've got to make those calls in real time, guys, and you guys have followed this for a long time too. Things happen very, very fast out there. It's a human game. Sometimes you're going to have human error. When I first, you know, came into this league, you know, coaching for Mike Ditka, you know, back there with the Bears, there were no, there were no challenges. Right. I mean, if, if you just dealt with it. Against you, you, did, you just dealt with it, and you played through it, and you went on, and and so there's always going to be questions as far as just because it's it's the human element in the game so you know i don't think you know if if somebody's a full time it's still going to make that much difference with that i think just what you want and 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 guys in my humble opinion you know i've watched this you know i've been involved in over 650 nfl games in my career when you look at it when you look at i think the scrutiny now that comes with all the instant replay and all the slow mode as we pull it down i mean they, they the, the officials have become under you know such a, a a an intense microscope with with every call i think sometimes you know you, you, you they get a little get a little bit paralyzed because they know they're going to be so scrutinized and so looked at you know that sometimes if they've got an out as far as to make a call and then it can go to review uh, and then let somebody else make the decision some of that's you know filtered into it too i think so you know to me, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be perfect. There are clearly some more egregious than others, but you know, sometimes you just have to play through it and keep on going. We're chatting with Dave McInnes, uh, former NFL head coach, NFL analyst, Titans Radio Network, and coach. Final one for me, and and that is this: there's a, a there's kind of a general thought the NFC is wide open, right? That you know that you've got a number of great teams, quality teams, but the AFC is not. Even with their loss to the Ravens this past weekend. That's kind of the Patriots come playoff time, going through Foxborough and everybody else. Do you think the Do you think the AFC is more wide open than people think, or do you think people are right? Well, I mean, you know, you just look at what Baltimore, what happened with Baltimore, New England last week. I mean, that's you know, you look anytime you get a chance. That's the thing about the National Football League, guys. It's different from any of our other you know uh, major you know, professional sports. Is you've only got sixteen of these chances. And, and and even when you get into the playoffs in, in the in the National Football League, it's a one and done thing. And so I think that in itself lends itself to being extremely wide open because you know everybody's got a chance every Sunday, Monday, or Thursday that you go out there that you go out there to play. So just to anoint somebody as being the best and nobody else can touch them, I think that you know whether it's AFC or NFC, I've just done this too long to know that's really not the case in the National Football League. Hey, Coach, thank you so much. We certainly appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll chat again soon. Guys, it's my pleasure. Thanks for calling. Yeah, you guys. Thanks, Coach. Coach. That's Dave McGinnis. Really good guy. I mean, and uh, certainly has been around the National Football League, as he mentioned, you know, 34 years, NFL head coach, former NFL head coach, NFL analyst, and uh, Titans Radio Network, giving you a good feel. And he still believes in Mariota. I mean, he he still believes that Marcus Mariota could be a, a quality starting quarterback in the National Football League, even with 
his struggles this past year and getting sent to the bench in favor of Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I just don't think it's in Tennessee anymore. I think there's just too much water under the bridge there where you got to move on and everybody's got to kind of start start afresh and, and get a new look somewhere. We'll come back. we got the undercard for you. The stories we've missed here on this Thursday morning is Pesaglia puts a rundown. What didn't we hit upon? Mikey Beast, uh, Time to Shine comes your way next. It's Taz and the Moose. Andrew's in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Mark Malusis, Andrew Bogish in with you. Taz is off here on this Thursday morning. He'll be off again tomorrow morning as well. He'll be back with us on Monday. You've got Mike and Pete across the way. Andrew not only sitting with me, he's got your updates. It's been an action-packed show. It really has been. A lot of NBA, a lot of association conversation, a lot of load management talk. Uh, little Dave McGinnis, what did we miss? Here we go, the undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, what do we got? All right, well, the Brown struggles have been well documented. They're 2-6 and six on the season, and Mike Freeman of Bleacher Report had an interesting stance on this. Has OBJ become irrelevant in 2019 NFL? Has Odell Beckham Jr. become irrelevant um, I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. is ever irrelevant. You want to look at his play on the field? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Odell Beckham Jr., I don't think the Browns have made great use of him. I think Mayfield struggled. I think Kitchens has struggled. Freddie Kitchens this year has struggled as a play caller as well. It's hard to look at a guy as big of a star as Beckham is here as irrelevant, especially a guy that's able to put together cleats that have goat hair on him. I mean, you... He is off the radar at the moment because they're bad and because Baker is taking most of the heat and then there's Freddie Kitchens jokes. Um, but, I mean, once they get it going again, and I I do think that they get it going, but it might not be until next year, Moose, when they have a new head coach maybe. Um, I mean, he's still Odell Beckham Jr. And if they could figure out a way to throw him the football, he'd be making plays to make us have to pay attention. Uh, you're right about that. You're right. And, and maybe it is next year. See, I don't doubt the talent of Beckham, but when your quarterback's not looking for you at fourth and four and throwing into a double-covered Landry like he did this past weekend uh, against the Denver Broncos, that's that's a problem. Yeah, but I think that's the, the problem is Baker Mayfield. True. Not Beckham. No, I'm not saying – no, no. And, but we're talking about his overall relevancy. You need the quarterback to get the football. The ironic aspect is when they made the trade, remember the comment he made? Now I got a quarterback that can get me the football. Yeah. That can make all the throws. <laughs> Yep. Remember nope. that? It was, everyone was like, oh, look at the look at the clap back at Eli Manning that Beckham just gave you. And now he's got a quarterback that basically likes throwing more to the other team than he does his own team. Yeah, I mean, when he said it, he was right, but he's now been proven wrong. Yes. All right, next. Syracuse head coach, Jim Boheim. Yes. <laughs> a lot of, there are multiple takes. That's I was, you know, was going to say that exactly. live. Jim I'm surprised he got that right, but he didn't. Never yeah, letting us down. Zach yeah, yeah. knows who Jim Beheim is. Syracuse head coach Jim Boheim. St. John's basketball. Stop it! I forgot about that. What do you mean? What do you? How do you forget about it? You reprimanded him. Yeah, but it was almost and three then hours ago. Reprimanded him to the point where he comes in the studio right before the start of the show. What happened yeah. was 
is I, I guess I guess he heard you play a clip of St. John's basketball. No, no, he, he was won. walking by a TV. He goes, oh, St. John's played last night. How'd they do? And then took five more steps past me and started breaking down the St. John's performance to you, a performance he didn't know happened until seven seconds before. And that bothered you. And he's giving you, oh, yo, they look good last they look night. Good. Mike Anderson. Like, what? You didn't, you didn't even know they played. And right. now you're, giving, you're doing a Jay Billis impersonation to Moose? Right. Press him off the bench, off the bus. Right? I mean, that's basically it. 48 minutes of hell. Little Nolan Richardson basketball, 40 minutes of hell. I say, didn't know final minutes. score, didn't know who they played, didn't know they played, but now he's telling Moose that they looked good. Yeah, that Better than in recent years. Can you All name right. a player? No, there's no way Zach could be a player. I mean, I couldn't probably either. Zach couldn't be, no. <laughs> uh, what do we got, Mike? I'm sorry, we jumped. No worries. All right, Des Bryant says he plans on reaching out to teams in two weeks. Oh, my God. Uh, who has a better chance of returning to their profession, Des Bryant or Carmelo Anthony? Uh, that's a great one. Des Bryant. Wow. Yeah, Des Bryant. Neat, neat, slim for both. Maybe none for Melo, but Bryant's by a hair. Yeah, Carmelo. Carmelo's done in the end. He's done. I mean, I think when you got guys, when Chauncey Billups talked about and painted him as a guy that was happy to when he was, almost painted him in the picture that as long as Melo got his points every night, he was happy. I mean, that's not exactly what he and, – and he's not evolved and changed his game. I mean, Carmelo Anthony can still score in this league. I, I really believe Carmelo Anthony, you know, would um, – you know, I, I really believe that Carmelo Anthony, if he was able to buy in, could help a team coming off the bench. Unfortunately, Carmelo Anthony still thinks it 13 years ago, and he, he's not 25 years of age anymore. He's not that player. That's long gone. And, you know, I've always given him credit. He's a really good Team USA player, and he was always okay with doing, like, second and third level jobs, playing out of position, doing the other stuff, and just scoring. And I've always wondered why he couldn't accept that now in the NBA. Yeah, great question. I don't know. If he was able to accept that role, Carmelo Anthony would not be up at Syracuse watching the Orange take on Virginia. He'd be in the NBA last night. Or getting a night off, possibly, but he would have been in the NBA. Right, load management. All right, next. Kyrie Leonard. Kyler Murray says Joe Burrow is the favorite for the Heisman. You agree? Uh, Well, I'll tell you this. This bothers me about Kyler Murray. Who, you know, minimizes, I would think when, you know, when Mayfield wins the Heisman, then Kyler Murray steps in and wins the Heisman in Oklahoma. And then if you have a quarterback that then steps in and replaces Kyler Murray, who previously was thought couldn't throw the football down at Alabama, and he steps in and is basically throwing it all over the lot. Doesn't that minimize then the previous two Heisman trophies and what they were able to accomplish <laughs> and emphasizes the system more than the player? Let's have some school spirit. No, but he, well, that's the other thing. Kyler Murray coming out, hey, kid, I mean, he's like, oh, he took a tough loss a couple of weeks. I mean, uh, take him off. Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow. Do you think Joe Burrow's the best player in America right now? No. At Chase Young, probably, is at Ohio State. Well, right. And I'd agree with you. Do you think Joe Burrow should be the favorite of the Heisman? Does it bother you that a former Oklahoma Sooner is not supporting an Oklahoma Sooner in a Heisman race? It caught my attention, but no, it did not bother me. Because Joe Burrow probably is the favorite for the Heisman, the way the Heisman voting goes. Because his team is undefeated, because he's so good, because they have a chance to beat, and then if he, play, if he plays really well Saturday. Do you think he's the best quarterback in America? Um, in ter- Like playing right now yeah, or who's in the NFL? do you think he's the best year? Do you think he's the, if I look at quarterbacks, do you think he's the best quarterback? No, but I like his story this year the most of the quarterbacks. Really? Like I like the idea of Joe Burrow coming in. Finally solidifying that Even position, more than Jalen Hurts? making them dynamic. Yeah, really? yeah, 
Yeah, I, I have. I've had a weird. I think I mentioned this yesterday. I've had a weird confusion and annoyance by LSU being incapable of finding a quarterback. So the fact that they found one and now they score points is and the ironic good news thing is their me. defense isn't as good. Right. Right, but they're Their still okay in general. Their defense used to be loaded, yeah. teeming with first-round talents. Right. Guys getting drafted at every single line, level. Defensive line, linebacker, corner, safety, all going like the top three rounds every single NFL draft. Defense isn't nearly as good, but the offense is great. So, I guess. I'd rather take the offense than defense. Those games with LSU that were ugly. Anyway, are we done, Mike? We've got one more if okay. you want it. Yeah. Today is National Men Make Dinner Day. Will you be participating? Yeah, that's every day of my life. So it should be wife makes dinner today. My wife's in the car right now, and she'll even attest. As my kid said the other day, tell daddy he's a good baker. Thank you. (laughs) I don't understand how you have the time to do all of these things in your house. I I made meatballs. And your life. (laughs) Happy happy National Men Make Dinner Day. Take a nap, Moose. Guys, great job across the way. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.